you're listening to How I See It, hosted by Han. You guessed it, that's me. I am here to motivate and inspire you with guests from all different industries and backgrounds. So get ready for personal stories of success, of growth, full of highs and lows, and of course, unapologetic realness. This is How I See It. So let's start in the beginning. Okay. So you just said you're a PA. Yes. I feel like there's a lot of, like, I always like have to think about like when you see different estheticians and like different people who do stuff to the face, I feel like everyone kind of has like a different background. Yeah. So where did you start? I know you're a PA. Yes. So, um, I guess it's kind of like, I have to connect it back to my mom. Cause my mom okay. was a makeup artist, Aww. like back in the whatever nineties, two thousands. And so I grew up like watching her do makeup and she was always into it. She worked at department stores. That was like her first job, I guess, Uh as she was always our mom full time. And then that was her first gig. Uh So she would give me these like fancy makeup kits when I was like a little girl and I would play with those. And then as I got older, I I would just look at somebody and be like, oh, if like we could just tweak their eyebrows a little bit or like do this to their lips or their blush. Like I just kind of liked that. And then, um. When I went off to school, I, I literally thought about every possible thing I could be. Lawyer, interior designer, doctor, da-da-da. And then um, I started volunteering in the hospital, and I met a PA there. And he just had this glow on his face, and he was super happy, super That's nice. Cool. And I was like, what are you doing? Who are you? <laughs> I want to be like you. And then he's like, I'm a PA. And that was my first mentor, and then I you know, got into it from there. Cool. So you went to school. Yeah. So how does that, I don't even know anything about it. So do you yeah. get a degree and then you go back to be a PA? Yeah. It's really, really competitive. Okay. Um, it's not, it wasn't that popular on the West coast. It was more like an East coast thing. Um, but it started, it's, it's definitely more popular now. So first you usually need to get like patient care hours. So okay. I would volunteer in the ER. I got my EMT license over the summer, uh, one year. And then I literally worked on an ambulance as an EMT. That's wow. a, that's a whole other story. <laughs> worked in the ER, um, as well, like as an EMT while I was going to UC- UCSD for undergraduate work. Okay. So got my degree at UCSD with honors. Then while I was still working and getting my patient care hours. Okay. So I did that. Then, um, you, you apply for grad school, like multiple, you know, different universities, wherever you want to go. Um, and then I chose to go to Loma Linda. So then I got my master's degree there. Yeah. And did you know when you were in PA school that you wanted to do something in like this realm at all? Or were you just like going to figure it out at the end? I think I kind of like in my gut knew, but I loved everything I did. It was crazy. Like I enjoyed when I did my first year was hell. Like you're literally like in class for eight hours a day taking tests like every other day, like insane. I hated that year. (laughs) I think everybody hates that year. Second year was where I thrived, I shined, I had so much fun, and I loved every rotation. Like I did internal medicine, and I did ER, and I did like OBGYN. Like every rotation I did, I was like, I want to, I want to deliver babies, or I want to work in the ER. Wow. But in the back of my mind was always like the derm. I really have to look into this derm thing because yeah. you know. So finally, um, I got really lucky, and I got a rotation in dermatology in San Diego in La Jolla. And, um, then I got to try it out and I really liked it, but everyone had told me like, if you want to be a really good PA, you should always put in two years first into like primary care or general medicine. Even though I like knew I liked that, I was like, I'm going to just, you know, get to know like basic general medicine anatomy and just review everything I've learned, all the medications and everything. Well, and I feel like that's really obvious too, because when I came in to see you, it was very clear that you knew what you were doing even at like a medical level, like even the like equipment that you have here, like you have the ultrasound and you literally took that to my chin before. (laughs) It feels really medical focused in here, which I think makes 
like at least made me feel really, really safe. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it's, it is medicine. So there are some States and there's some countries where you don't have to have a medical license to inject. Um, because I think people kind of do get it confused with like makeup. Like they're like, Oh, this is just going to make you look pretty. Yeah. But it's like, no, there are things that can happen and you need to understand like what can happen and how to manage it. Mm -hmm. Um, and I feel like the more I've gotten into it, the more serious I take it and the more, I don't know, a little bit more like conservative or reserved I've become in a way. I've always been a little bit that way, but the longer I've done it, the more I'm like, hold on, let's just make sure we can decrease any type of risks or issues. And yeah. yeah. And so when you finished PA school, did you work for another company or did you immediately know that you were going to start your own? Oh no. So I definitely, I knew that I didn't know what I was doing. So I worked for um, a doctor who took me in and as a new grad, it's really hard to hire a new grad. So, um, it was hard. It was almost like doing like an internship. Like the first, I didn't get paid very well at all. I shadowed him. He pimped me, which means like they ask you questions at the end of the day, they quiz you. Um, but it was a really, really good first job and a really good for like learning opportunity. Um, but I did like physical exams. Like you would come to me for your checkups, your pap smears, you'd be sick. I would, you know, see you. I treated, um, pain management patients. I did ultrasound guided joint injections I did and and we did aesthetics so we had a laser we had um fillers we had Botox dysport so okay it was like the best first job to have and when was this like in timeline to starting the derm effect yeah so that so that first job was in 2012 okay the derm effect started in 2019 so how did that begin was it right after this job that you took with this guy or no No. So that job was like my starter job. I learned a lot. Um, you know, he sent me off to go learn aesthetics, which was really cool. And I got to learn there and practice when you do primary care, you realize that you really aren't that great at anything. You're kind of just doing everything. And there's some things you're good at, but Mm -hmm. you're not the expert. You know, you're kind of like referring patients out like, Oh, I'm not sure what that is. Let's do more testing or let me send you to a specialist. So I didn't really like that feeling. Um, and it was kind of depressing. Like, to work there. Like, I don't know, like a lot of people are just struggling and they're not happy and they're sick when they see you. And that was like, ugh, it was just like a downer. It was rough. Um, and I kept getting sick. So I was like, you know what, I'm going to focus on this aesthetic thing. Like, I feel like I could do it. I like it. So then I, um, applied and worked for a dermatologist. Okay. So I worked for derm practice and, um, I still did urgent care cause I still didn't want to lose like my other skills and you know, I wanted to keep that. And then I did the dermatologist, I worked for the dermatologist. And then a year later I went and worked at a big spa where we just focused on aesthetics, like all day, every day, full time. And then I think after four years of doing that full time, then I opened. At what point during this journey did you have your daughter? Oh yeah. (laughs) So she, she was before the, yeah, before all this. Okay. Yeah. So at the, I was, I remember when I was trying to choose someone to go to, this was like a couple year process for me. I was doing tons of research on like who I wanted to see to do my chin, like my whole filler situation. Cause I knew I wanted to make changes in my face. It was something I'd thought about long and hard. Cause Mm -hmm. I think that's important to think about. And I was like, I just know it's going to make me feel more confident, but Mm -hmm. I need to go to someone that is going to like that I can trust and whatever. Mm-hmm. So I stalked the shit out of your page. <laughs> and then I found the picture of your daughter and how you talked about how you were a single mom. I'm like, Oh, don't get emotional during this part. Aww, <laughs> you can. I had her when I was 21. Wow. And, uh, that was whew, like a different lifetime. Um, I thought I was going to be a stay at home mom. 
I was um, super religious. I was practicing Islam at the time. So, you know, I was covering. I was like covered up. I prayed wow. five times a day. I had a completely different life. And this is in college? This, or? I wasn't, I didn't go straight didn't to, college. Go to college. Yeah, yeah. I just, I was still studying. I was okay. always into learning. So I was learning Arabic and like religious studies. Um, and that's kind of what I was doing at that time. You know, you, I got pregnant and I was married and then I realized, okay, he can't support us. It wasn't healthy at all for her or me. And I was like, okay, like, what am I going to do? Like I screwed up. Thank God. My parents were really great, really supportive. They took me, they took us all back in actually, even my ex-husband, cause he didn't wow. have like a job at the time. Um, they totally supported us and super supportive. And then, um, he and I ended up, you know, divorcing. She was just around 18 months and I was like, I had to stop nursing her because I was like, okay, I'm going to go to school full time. I'm broken up. I got to wow. get this together. And I remember like I broke up with him. We broke up, divorced, like where I was like, it's done. I'm never going to come back and it's not going to work out. And I literally went to class the next day because I was already in school full time. That's insane. Yeah. I remember I was like in this algebra class. And you're like 21. Yeah. And I was like, so guys, I just uh, left my husband yesterday. <laughs> That was your icebreaker? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we already knew each other a little bit. Yeah. So, but that was just, I can't believe I, I just was like, there's no other way but to keep going. We stayed with my parents. We lived with them for a while. Um, and then when I went off to grad school, my mom moved in with us, with me and my daughter, so she could watch her. Grad school was rough. Like that first year of PA school, like I didn't see her much, you know, like it's, it's a, it was a stressful time. And I would try to get her involved somehow. Like, so sometimes she would quiz me on the flashcards and we would just Aww. laugh at all the hard words and like, she would have a little notebook. She's like, okay, what's this? And then I would try to memorize it and I couldn't. She's like, mom, why can't you get it? That's so <laughs> cute. Yeah. That's insane. I can't yeah. even imagine being in that, like being in school at the same time as having to yeah. raise a daughter that young. I, yeah. It's, I think that like you just do what you have to do and yeah. I don't know any other way. So I'm so used to grinding. I mean, it was hard because I had imagined being a stay at home mom. So imagine like Going from that to literally being like, okay, I can't nurse you anymore and I have to go to school full time. So I literally just had to like. And now that I'm like hearing this part of the story, I think it's crazy to like imagine like you're in the EMT in the hospital, like, and there's also this toddler at home, like waiting for you. That must've been like so stressful for you. It totally was. Um, And I think being a single parent, it's like really hard. And I've thought about this a lot. I'm like, there's not really a lot of support. Like I remember going on Google and like going online and trying to find like support groups or like online support for single parents. I don't know if it's even a thing. I feel like it's kind of like wow. people in this country, like a lot of people get divorced and a lot of people become single parents, but they don't know what it entails. Um, I feel like there's not a lot of support when you're there. And I think it's super detrimental to the parent and the child. Like I know, cause I was a psych major. I mean, I've read the studies on single moms, like a lot of them end up getting cancers and all these other wow. things because of all the excess stress on one person. Yeah. It really takes a village and I feel like it's just not really a thing. Well, and especially considering your age too, like you're trying to be like an early 20 year old, you're trying to go to school, you're trying to find your career and identity while also having to go through a divorce and having a baby. Yeah. I was a hot mess. Let's just, put it. <laughs> I was like, I would Honestly, like study. It doesn't seem like it though. Like you, I mean, you, I'm sure inside you were feeling that. I feel like, I feel like that a lot, like inside I'm like, I'm so chaotic. Yeah. On the outside, you were pulling something off that was like really impressive. I couldn't have done it without like support and family, like for sure. How old is she now? She's going to turn 20. Wow. This Friday. Oh my God. I know. I'm like, I can't think about it because like, I'm sure she'll listen to this. Must be really interesting being like a young mom to someone in their 20s in this generation, especially considering what you do. 
Mm-hmm. Like, do you guys talk about that a lot? Like, does she ever say like, oh, I want to get this done or I want to do this? Like, are you starting to notice those kinds of changes? Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. Cause like, I don't know, like when I grew up, it wasn't as much of a thing. Um, and her generation, it's definitely a thing because of all the filters on Snapchat and this yeah. and that. So I definitely noticed like there's a lot of body dysmorphia. Like um, she really like hated her nose and it was, she'd been talking about it since she was like 11 or 12. And yeah. then I finally like la- this last year was like, okay, fine, you can get a nose job. But like, yeah. are you going to be happy after that? Are you going to be chasing like something or finding something else, you know? Yeah. So she's asked me about the nose. She's asked me for lip filler. And I'm like, no, you don't just get like lip filler because you're my daughter. Like, yeah, you got to work. Like you have Dude. to earn money. You got to work. What are I'm you going like to do for it? I'm about like if you were my mom, I'm like, oh God. I'd be like, so mom, I yeah. saw this picture of Kendall Jenner today. Can you make me look like this? I know. Because that's the toxic kind of yeah. vibe that we're living in right now. And I yeah. definitely want to get into that. I put that, I put that on my notes that I really want to talk about that. But first I really want you to talk about how you uh, like actually started the derm effect. Like what led you to want to jump on starting your own kind of practice yeah um well that's a really good point so um I was working for another place and they were really great it was like a beautiful place to work um but I just started feeling kind of like this feeling inside of me that was like you need to do something else you need to do your own thing create your own vision Mm -hmm. um so then I was just kind of had in my mind like I want something really simple and easy and just just like straight to the point like Mm -hmm. no fluff um and I wanted to be able to like spend more time with my patients and just kind of run whatever I wanted to do. Cause sometimes you get to a point where you're like, I just want to like make all the decisions, but I don't think I would have had the guts to do it like earlier. Like I think it was like the timing was perfect. Um, I had a lot of encouragement surprisingly, like from my dad and my ex at the time, he was just like, you can do it, like go for it. And yeah. really supported me. Well, I and you weren't, unf- you weren't unfamiliar with taking risks and jumping yeah. into things. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it does really feel like you're jumping off a cliff. Like I'm not oh, going to totally. lie. I was just like, I could be ruining everything. And, and, and actually my daughter inspired me a lot because she was so hyper-focused on her and her life and like trying to like fix or like help her. And mm-hmm. then I was like, okay, no, like I started looking in the mirror and being like, okay, where, where am I being inauthentic in my life? Like, what do I want to do that I'm not doing? What could I improve on? And then I totally just was like, the best thing I can do for her is to just live my best life and to set an example. And she's going to do what she's going to do. She's on her own journey. But like, you know, I'm Middle Eastern, so we're very like helicoptery. It's really hard for me because um, I was kind of a goody two shoes growing up for the most part. So like watching her grow up and then her rebellion just literally just kind of made me go crazy. Well, and you then, were probably yeah. kind of seeing yourself too, like, cause you were such a young mom too. So you're yeah. like wanting to protect her and make sure that like, she doesn't yes. have to go through the struggle that exactly. you did. Exactly. But it doesn't matter because everyone's on their own journey. Yeah. So like you can't control that. So what mm-hmm. can you control? What can you do is like live your own best life. So yeah. then that's, that's really that's what amazing. motivated me. I love that. And that was 2019. Yeah. So how do you think, I mean, now you have this like wait list of clients. How did you go about starting the beginning of trying to like get people to come see you, come trust you because obviously trust is like a big part of starting a business like this. Yeah. Um, I think that, um, I got lucky was one huge thing. I think the timing, I got lucky. I'm at the right location. Um, but I also think that I had like built up a reputation at that point and I worked really hard. I would work like all the time. Um, I wasn't like a part-time injector. People knew yeah. me. I was like full-time. I had had like a patient come in with like a YouTube thing one time. She's like, can I YouTube this? And I it wasn't like, yeah. th- I didn't know much. And I was like, yeah, sure. Whatever. And then like <laughs> that like vlogging you. <laughs> yeah. They were, I was like, okay. And I did her lips and that like blew up to like over a hundred thousand people. I had done, um, like 
you know, somebody who was like a reality TV star and like, it just kind of happened. And then it built up this reputation of like, Oh, go to her. She'll do a natural, like, you know, good job on you. So I think I built up this reputation that when I left the old place and I came to my new place, I had no idea what was going to happen. I was like, I may get like nobody. I had no clue. I was planning on everyone's like, when you start a business, it's going to be dead for like the first six months, year, two years. No, I hit the ground running. I was not expecting it. I had all this like leftover work I needed to do that I thought I'd have time to do. And that did not happen. I mean, the work kind of speaks for itself too. And I'm sure like the work you put into really just knowing your craft probably really paid off because people wanted to move from wherever you were to come follow you here. Yeah. So something that I really found different about you, um, than I had found with other people. Cause I did a few consultations before I came to see you is that you seem to really one care about how natural everything stays looking, even when someone wants to make like an extensive change. Mm-hmm. And also I feel like, you know, you talk more about facial like symmetry mm-hmm. and stuff. Could you talk more about that? Cause I think it's really interesting. Your approach to that kind yeah, of thanks. work. Um, I think it's just like, um, an aesthetic thing. So I come, everybody comes in and I look at their natural beauty and their face. And I, I take it that everybody is beautiful. Nature is beautiful. Yeah. Um, so I kind of look at what everybody has. And then I look at like, what can I do to enhance or make them look just a little bit better? Like, is like one side of their face much, much fuller than the other side. Can we do something to just make it look softer? Cause it's softer on the eyes when everything is just more blended looking. I call it blending. Yeah. So like in makeup, they call it blending. Yeah. Like, you is know. that meaning like more symmetrical, like more even? It means more like easy on the eyes. Okay. So like if I look at someone and there's something really off or there's like a really harsh shadow, it's a little bit like kind of like you just can't stop staring at that thing. Yeah. But if it's just all soft and just kind of easy on the eyes, then I don't know. I feel like it just enhances people's like natural beauty. Do you think you like got good at that? Or was that something that was always like natural to you? Like it's like facial symmetry, something you had to study extensively as well. But you know, what's funny is like, I've taken so many classes. I need to add up how much I've spent at this point. It's a <laughs> lot of money, like a lot, like over a hundred thousand like, in your like, Instagram bio. Like, I know. I really need to add taken. it up. Yeah. <laughs> so I've taken all the classes and like what they do, the equations and they break up the face and all yeah. these different parts. I've, t- I've done all of that. And I just think that it's just like a natural thing. You can just look at somebody mm. and o- over years of doing it, you just know, but it's definitely something that they teach you. I feel like your work really stands out compared to others because it's not only so natural, but like so impactful. You've made my confidence go up so much. Like seriously, it's like a weird thing to talk about. And I always try to like explain it because you don't want people to think like, Oh, well I didn't think I was beautiful before I did this, but it was something that I was like, I know that this is going to accentuate my natural beauty and Mm -hmm. I know it's going to make me feel more confident. Mm -hmm. And you've totally like helped me do that. So thank you for that. I'm so happy. You really think about these things and you look at someone and you're like, I don't care that you want jaw filler. You don't need it. Yeah. Looking at your face and you don't need it. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's confidence that takes time and then, um, execution. So I think that, um, thank you so much, by the way, that's really kind of you to say all those nice things. Um, I try really hard. (laughs) I will say like, it's not like I'm just like, la la la. Like I really try really hard. I come in, I put in like 110%. I try my best to like look at somebody and do the best job I can do. And I don't want it to be detectable. And I am my own worst critic. So like Uh every time I see you, every time I see someone I've done, I literally analyze your face. I'm like, is anything out of place? Has anything moved? Does anything look weird? Did I mess up? Like, 
can you tell there's filler? And if you can tell, then I'm like, oh, I need to tweak it. Like, that's uh-huh. not okay. It shouldn't look like you had anything done after two, three weeks. Well, and I feel like something that sets you apart is that you're very honest. Like, I know now that I've seen you so many times now that I can be like, what do you think about my face? Mm-hmm. And I know you won't try to oversell me. I know you won't tell me yeah. that I need something that I don't. I even sat in your chair and I was like, I think I need jaw filler for sure. And you were like, no, no, <laughs> you don't. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, because you were like, were, you, you were like telling me your concerns and what you thought the solution was. I'm like, that's not the solution for that. I think you have to be honest. And if I could do this for free, I would. Because it's, it's not, it's not about that. It's literally just like looking at people. How can I help you? How can I make your life better? How can I empower you and give you confidence? So for people who don't follow me on Instagram, I did um, chin filler, cheek filler, and uh, lip filler, right? That's Mm -hmm. when we were here? And um, I remember just like in the middle of the thing, you're like, get the ultrasound. Like, let's check this out to make sure everything's good. And I was like, oh, this is like intense. Like, I love this. It's very extra. The ultrasound is very extra. (laughs) I love it though. I'm like, yeah, I feel taken care of. For me to learn and to see and, you know, this field is evolving and growing and if we can use an extra tool to be extra safe why not use it and if I can study your face like after doing it a couple times just to kind of see where the filler is has it moved like just for my own knowledge too and then also of course for your safety but I you're so sweet because you're like oh you're so good what sets you apart and I'm like I don't nothing sets me apart I'm so basic like I don't know I love that you think that because it's hard to find someone who does natural work especially with what's going on right now and just totally no I I feel like I'm allergic to fake I've always been like that like my whole life like I just don't like the fake look like you don't look like you've really, but had I have anything. had stuff. Yeah. I'm, I'm swollen today. Cause I just did, I just did some cheeks, lips, all that. So I'm swollen and bruised, but I haven't done like filler for my, like in my face for three years. So I I'm a minimalist. Um, and I want to always stay that way. I want to always be in touch with like, what's real, what's normal. What does a normal face look like without mm-hmm. anything in it? What does nature like look like? I don't know. I'm just like to be in touch with all of that. And I meditate. I don't spend a ton of time like like going through all of the Instagrams of all these famous, I don't like, I'll, I'll scroll here and there. Like if there's a really good injector and they're kind of looking at something, but yeah, basically a lot of the celebrities are lying. A lot of people are lying. Um, so I don't love that, but I understand it's their privacy. Like you don't have to share, you know, that you're doing stuff, but I don't love it for the younger generation. Yeah. So because that, I remember I yeah. even brought in a picture of like Kendall, yeah. Zoe Kravitz, the Jet Kardashians. Mm-hmm. And you were like, yeah, we can get close to this vibe, but like, you know, they've had plastic surgery, right? Like this isn't even filler or Botox. This yeah. is like, there's certain, yeah, there's certain people where you're like, this is just not achievable. I don't know how they did it. Yeah. I don't know, but there's certain things where it's like, that's not filler. It's so interesting now with social media because you have not only these celebrities getting like so much work done people are essentially getting work done for Instagram now too, not for real life. Like they want to match oh, the way they look. Yeah. Yes. In filters, but then you see them in real life and you're like, Oh, that's intense. Like that doesn't even look natural. I, yeah. I totally agree. So I've seen that. And so if, to look good on Instagram, you have to look crazy in real life. Yes. So to do that amount of filler, like it literally makes your head big. You know? And that's really hard for my generation, for your daughter's generation, mm-hmm. for the generations to come. It's going to be really interesting to see. And I'm sure you've had people come in here that mm-hmm. you've had to say no to. Oh, a lot. Yeah. I see a lot of that. Um, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure I'm, I know I don't see a certain patients anymore because they wanted like, ex, like more extreme looks and like their buckle fat. Like, can you Kybella like over and over or can you do this, that? And I'm like, that's just not me because 10, 20, 30 or 40 years from now, you're going to look back and you're going to be like, what did that girl do to my face? Why did she listen to me? I was yeah. only 25. I was only 30. And she like 
permanently changed my face or she put all this stuff in it and gave me this extreme look, you know? So it's kind of like on me as a medical Mm -hmm. provider and it's my responsibility ethically to be like, no, because 20, 30 years, I don't know how you're going to feel. I'm not a plastic surgeon. Like if you want major changes, they can deal with it. There is something, especially because of social media, like this face dysmorphia now when you start getting work done. Totally. It becomes a thing that, I mean, I've taken classes on it and, um, they call it like filler fatigue, overfilled syndrome. Um, I have patients who have, um, definitely the lips are like the number one culprit. I would say the second thing would be the under eyes. So I tell like my patients, I'm like, you have like kind of jokingly, I'll be like, you have, um, under eye dysmorphia or you have lip dysmorphia. They're like, what's that? I'm like, you don't see that your lips are big. So what I'll do is I'll zoom in on that body part or like their lip take out their eyes. I'll be like, okay, pretend that you don't know this woman. And I'll be like, okay, here's her before and after. Here's how her lips look. And I'll be like, you don't know this woman. Do you think she has big lips or do you think she needs filler? And they'll always be like, no. Wow. So I, yeah, I kind of separate them from it. And then their under eyes, like people have this thing with their under eyes. It's like, it never goes away. They're just like obsessed with their under eyes. And I'm like, you have like under eye dysmorphia. You, you think that you still have these really harsh, dark circles and you don't anymore. And I feel like that must be hard for you, put you in a hard place too. I'm sure that you've had to have some hard conversations. It's hard in the beginning too. Like when you first start or like when you're younger, I feel like when I was a little bit younger, it was hard because you're like kind of intimidated. A lot of the patients are intimidating. A lot of them are very wealthy and powerful, which is why I think sometimes the celebrities look overdone because they're like bullying. They can, they can easily bully you to like do what you know, they want you to do. But then I think over time, as you get more experience and you realize the liability and the responsibility of it too, you're like, no, like I'm not going to do that. I think now that there are so many just ways to see more people, there's more filters, there's all this stuff. And some of it is good. Some of it is bad. Mm -hmm. I feel like a lot younger of a generation wants to start getting stuff done. And I know there's like pros and cons to that. Can you Mm -hmm. talk a little bit about that? Like, what do you, what would you recommend like age wise is the best time to start? And like, what Mm -hmm. are some things that you would recommend starting early with? So, yeah. So early, like, so I was, I'm so grateful. My mom worked in the cosmetics industry. So starting at age 14, I started wearing sunscreen like every day religiously. That was like my thing. I would do Um, I think I would cleanse my face and then I would do like oil of Olay moisturizer sunscreen every day. So that's obviously number one. Um, number two is I'd say when, as you like are 18, 19, early twenties, um, you can start using like a retinol here and there, like a light one. Like you don't have to use medical grade if you don't want to. And they're a little bit more expensive, but you could literally just go to CVS Mm-hmm. get like La Roche-Posay or like some, like, I was going to ask you, are there a few brands you can recommend? Um, I think their, their stuff is good. Mm-hmm. Um, CeraVe and Cetaphil, we've always been recommending them for like cleansers and moisturizers. Mm-hmm. They, they shouldn't make you break out. Mm-hmm. Um, but those are kind of the main things. And then, you know, bump, bump of your sunscreen, at least make sure it's 30 and up. Don't just count the sunscreen in your makeup, always get a separate one. And then if you can have it doubled up in your makeup too, that's great. Mm-hmm. Um, Starting sunscreen. Like when I first saw you, I know and you were like, hey, just to get this one. And it's like a medical grade one you sell. That's like literally yeah. less than $50. Like it's super cheap and yeah. affordable. It has changed my skin. I know. And I was 25 when I started, Seriously. which is sad. I should have been wearing it before, Yeah, but it like, it has changed my face. Like Mm -hmm. my freckles are so faded. All my sunspots have faded. Mm -hmm. People have literally told me when I don't have makeup on, and this was before the cheek filler or anything. Yeah. They're like, your skin looks so good. Like, what did you do? And I'm like, sunscreen. I know. I know it's so basic, but so the medical grade ones and the higher end ones are going to have antioxidants. So that was like the one that you got was it's going to have more ingredients that are going to, um, you know, fight the free radicals and help protect your skin. 
Um, so obviously those are better. Um, and then I'd say, so for fair skin patients, I'm, I'm still surprised sometimes, but there are some fair skin patients who in their mid twenties do wrinkle, you know, or just, so just depending on how everything, that's why you need an assessment. It's not like a cookie cutter thing. Yeah. I'm sure that the companies would love for it to be like, okay, everyone at age 22 needs these products, but it's not like that, you know? Um, but there are some people that do, I mean, it's like they could use some Botox in their Mm twenties, um, for sure, but just like a light dose, I wouldn't do a super high dose. Um, so that would be, you know, something you could do. And then lips and stuff are kind of light and fun, Mm -hmm. but when you do a lot, it does tend to migrate. And there's like this whole thing. I don't know if you've like seen, it's like this whole thing about migration, like lip dissolving and Oh, has my lip moved and blah, blah, blah. Um, it, it could be factors like the technique. It could be the product, but a lot of it is just like just kind of overdoing it and doing it over and over and over. So just kind of like take it easy on, on that kind of stuff. And, um, you can do fillers and facial contouring and shaping, but just, you know, go light. Yeah. Um, light chemical peels are good in your twenties. Um, just like little things. And I remember one time we were having a discussion about how you can almost wait too long to start. Oh Yeah. So I used to think like years ago when we first were doing this, it was like, I would treat women in their forties and fifties. And that was my thing. Like, oh, okay, this is what uh-huh. I do. And then Kylie Jenner got her lips done. Oh, and then I was like, Oh God, how do I like treat these like 20 year olds now? Like it was so stressful to that learn. That must have been like a flip in like it was, your whole It changed business. everything. So, but yeah, so I get patient, I get a lot of women that are like forties, fifties and they're like, now I'm ready. I'm like, Whoa, like you kind of have like missed the boat almost like a lot of times. And why is that? So once you've made those faces like, and like all these like crow's feet and stuff, they are like creased and they are scars basically. Wow. And we can give you a lot of Botox over the years and we can like possibly reverse some of them. Uh But at that point you're going to need fillers. You're going to need lasers. You're probably, you might need a facelift with fillers. You can, you can fill to an extent like, you know, you can do threads, you can do sculpture, fillers, all that stuff. You're just going to need a lot more. It's not going to be as great of a benefit and it's going to be more obvious. People are going to know. Not as natural. Yeah. People are going to know like what happened to you. If you just do like little baby steps and you just always do a little bit consistently, then you age more gradually. You don't have to worry about these deep set wrinkles and like this super loose hanging skin because you've been doing all the treatments to prevent that from happening. And do you think that if you start a little bit earlier, like in your twenties, say, do your wrinkles develop less? Like does Botox help with that? Yeah. So let's say people ask me this a lot. So let's say you did Botox once and that's it. Uh-huh. Or you just did it for a couple of years and you stopped. You literally stopped your aging during that time. So like if you're not making that face, you know, for a year or two, like the, the frowning face, um, you're not going to really create any creasing there. So you just held it. You're, it's, it's kind of funny because I kind of say like we we're kind of like dolls. So like the less we move, the more we kind of stay yeah. in place. And I always joke and say Botox freezes you in time. So the age you start, if you consistently do it, you'll kind of just always look that age. It's, it's insane. Bizarre. Insane. I think Botox is God's gift to man. And Botox all, support. Yeah. I've mm-hmm. seen people who overdo it mm-hmm. or there's a lot of people who say Botox and filler is bad. Mm-hmm. Like so many people go on and talk about how bad it is for your face. Like what would mm-hmm. you say to those people? Because obviously there's rumors and all types of misinformation out there. I don't really know why they're saying this. I just, I know from my personal experience there, Botox is like the most studied drug. I mean, there's so many studies on it. And then now there's like, you know, there's a lot of other, there's Javo, there's Dispro, there's all these other brands, but Botox and name brand has been studied a lot over the years. But I had seen women who'd had it for decades and they're super healthy and they just look amazing and they have not aged. So that's one. With filler, um, 
same thing. I mean, it's a hyaluronic acid that's naturally found in your body. Anything that you do to the extreme, yeah. I mean, we've given Botox to so many different types of patients. Yeah. Unless you have like a really, you know, major autoimmune neurologic condition or like an allergy, it's from what the studies show, it actually helps depression and it helps so many things. They actually did a study showing that if you get Botox in your frowny face, like right here, it's called the glabellar complex, you, it helps your depression. Wow. Because you can't like make that sad face. That's so, insane. Yeah. <laughs> or and maybe you can get into just like a little like for dummies 101, the difference between filler and Botox and like what it does. Yeah. So Botox basically blocks the channels like for the muscles, like from communicating with each other. So after about two weeks, they're all like, it's pretty much blocked. So if it's full dose, then you can't move it at all. If it's a light dose, you can still move. So that can all be adjusted. Mm-hmm. Um, and with filler, it's a hyaluronic acid gel. It's a clear odorless gel. It has lidocaine in it. Um, so it has numbing in it and it's just like a clear gel. You inject it. It's insane how it stays in place, but it generally does stay in place. Um, I think over the years it can move in certain areas like around the mouth or the eyes. It can just mm-hmm. move because it's a sphincter muscle. So it's squeezing constantly mm-hmm. and we talk all day. So it's going to move. I think the mouth can move over time and we blink more times. I don't even know. It's like an insane number of times a day. So those areas can sometimes move around, but everything else pretty much stays in place. So when you do cheeks, when you do chin, jawline, temples, it, for the most part, it pretty much stays there if done correctly and, and in like the correct dosage and the right product. Um, and how, what's the difference in time between like two, I know Botox is like how many months in between. So yeah, Botox is typically like three to four months ish. Um, it is dose dependent when you do a light dose and you have more movement, it doesn't last as long when you Uh do like a really strong dose, it lasts a long time. Um, the first time you get it, I call it the honeymoon phase because it lasts like six months or something. Wow. And you're like, oh my God, this is amazing. And then I'm like, no, next time it doesn't. Yeah. Your body your just body doesn't get used to it. Yeah. Yeah. And then the fillers. So that's where there's a lot of debate. And that's why one of the reasons why I love having the ultrasound is we don't really know. I've had patients who've had fillers last for 10 years, like in their wow. under eyes. So the, so it's a gel and it's hydrating. So it looks really good. It can give you like a nice contour, a nice pout. Um, but it's hydrophilic, meaning it pulls a lot of water in. So you get really swollen right after you get it done. And some people like that. So they're like, Oh, I like my lips when they're swollen. I'm like, well, I can't make them always look like that. It's just, <laughs> it's just a rea- It's a bodily like, reaction. Squeeze them in the morning. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, just get the buxom lip gloss. It's my favorite right now. And it makes them look plump and wow. swollen, but yeah, it can last for several years. So I, I think that the filler being bad thing, I think it's basically because it could move over time is what we're finding. That's like one of the things, mm-hmm. um, there's always safety considerations with everything too. So in that sense, yeah, it's, you're taking a risk, but I wouldn't say it's like bad. Yeah. Um, the funny thing that kind of cracks me up that I was, when I was watching more social media was like all these, um, plastic surgeons and doctors saying, Oh, like, why do you put like threads here? Why would you put this here? It's not natural. Like the body doesn't naturally have, you know, <laughs> like f- filler or gel in this part of the face. I'm like, okay, well, like the boobs naturally don't have silicone in them either. (laughs) So it's like these weird arguments against like, I think it's just like if, if patients are happy and they're having great outcomes, it's safe, looks good. And generally, you know what I mean? It's kind of like, why are we all like fighting? One day someone tells you Botox is good. The next day tells you it's bad. I know. And that's why it all goes back to, I keep saying like, you just have to find someone you trust. I'm really, um, into like Sculptra and PRF. I do fillers too. They definitely have their place, but I'm into like things that are 
rejuvenating and stimulating your own body to like make collagen. So I'm looking into those kinds of things. Ooh, yeah. Talk and more those, about that. Yeah. So those last like a really long time. So in my face, I had Sculptura put in like three, four years ago. And, and what it lasts is that? a really long time. It's polylactic acid. It's just okay. basically, um, it's a collagen stimulator. Sutures that absorb in your body, they kind of like took that same concept and turn it into a powder. Wow. You mix it up and you can put it in your face. That's what they do for like the butt, like the sculpture butt lift. Oh, you can okay. put it in like your elbows, knees, whatever. I'm really into that kind of stuff too, because I feel like that is your own body's building blocks, making you young and keeping you young and tight and like lifted. So that's also like a different kind of a look and it also doesn't really move around. So that's kind of like, so that could be like an alternative. That's my someone. power horse. Yeah. Like I use a lot of that, especially for people who are looking for like long term. Um, the fillers are good for like specific sculpting. So I definitely like, there's always going to be a place for that, but the sculpture is good for just like just long-term staying in place. It's not something you really need to dissolve unless there's a problem, which is extremely rare. So it's like it's tightening and sculpting. Mm -hmm. Wow. And threads are really good. PRF is really great. There's just like a lot of cool new things coming on the market. And is that something that like someone will come to you with that inquiry? Would you look at someone's face like you do in that initial meetup and decide like, okay, actually like instead of filler threads will probably be better for you. Like how do you distinguish which one's better for you? Yeah. So that that's where I need to know what I'm doing. Okay. And that's my job. So I feel bad for you guys. You guys are so, I know like there's so much out there. I don't even want to look at it. So yeah. I can't even imagine like my patients come in all the time, super confused and they'll come to me and then they'll go see someone else. Like, well, she said I should do this. And I'm like, well, pick one of us because like, <laughs> You know, like, I don't know this person. I don't know their education training. I don't know what they have resources to. I don't know what products they have. Like, mm -hmm. you just can't, like, keep going around. You're just confusing yourself. Just, like, there's so many things. So I feel like it's my job to just be the grounding center for everybody. Yeah. And that's why I can't be too involved in it is how yeah. I see it. Like, you know, I'm, I'm a little bit aware of, like, kind of, like, what's going on? What are the new trends to some extent? Because I go to all those conferences and classes. Yeah. But other than that, I try to stay away because I want to be, like... I want to just stay grounded in like what I know and what I do and be clear because if I'm not clear, it's going to make you not clear. I really want to ask a few more things about just the company. I think you've started this amazing client base. Like there's a freaking wait list. People always ask me, they're like, do you know how I can I know. get off the wait list? I'm like, just put yourself on. I did. And like, I I, she eventually so. contacted me, but that's so yeah. cool. And it's something to be really be proud of. Cause obviously people love you and your work and are recommending you to people. So how do you think you got to a place now? Like where you have that, where you were, you're able to say no to business. Literally just like working all the time, like staying late, working through lunch. Like yeah. I was just that person. And, um, cause I'm sure there's a lot of people listening who want to start their own businesses, whether it's in this field or not. And they just don't know how, or they don't know like, oh my gosh, I don't have a lot of business right now. I'm getting yeah. nervous. Yeah. What would you say to them? I would say you have to put your all in. Yeah. Like I, it's like, I mean, I don't even, I can't even remember something. I think I blocked some of it out. Like it <laughs> like, was so I blocked hard, out. especially during COVID times. Like, oh my God, I can't even tell you how yeah. hard that was. But, um, I think you have to put in like a lot of sacrifice. Like I would go to trainings all the time, thousands of dollars, my own money. I'd go on my birthday. I would like still to this day, like I won't be feeling well, but I'll have a training set up on the East coast. I will go. Mm -hmm. And I will learn all the things I will like put 110% into the point where I'm annoying and like asking questions because I want to know everything I can possibly know, bring it back. I don't necessarily follow everything I was told, but yeah. I have that knowledge and I bring it back and 
that gives me confidence and then I can do a better job for patients and they can sense that and they see that and you got to just give good results like slam dunk it every time as much as you can like don't do things that you don't think you're gonna like slam dunk Mm -hmm. that's that's like the key like start baby like okay just do I'm just gonna do Botox I'm just gonna do this I'm just gonna do cheeks okay now I'm gonna do lips and I'm gonna follow the same formula every time as much as I can I'm gonna perfect that now I'm gonna start doing more complicated lips now I'm gonna start doing like just baby step it and just go to a lot of trainings and just be really good at what you do and if you're not that good, like just keep trying, but maybe don't offer that service until you're really good at it. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's the same. I could apply it to what I do. Like I can't say yes to all brands. Like if they don't align, I'm not going to just say yes for the money because when followers leave, like they don't come back. Yes. And in your case, like a patient's not going to come back if you do something. Yeah. And I'm sure I've lost many and, and the wait list thing. So I mean, I don't know. I just got lucky. I've worked hard. I don't know. Hopefully, maybe I'm it's like, my don't karma. say you got lucky. You've I think worked it's like, so hard. <laughs> I think it's I think it's hard work, timing. Yeah. Maybe a little bit of karma because I've worked hard. I don't know. I like yeah. to think that, but um, and I think I generally do care, and people sense that. Well, and I know? think something that you're saying that's like really honest and true is like we all like to say, oh, like entrepreneurs like need balance, which we do. People need balance. People need rest, but people don't acknowledge that like the beginning years of a company or like being a self-contractor or an entrepreneur, like you really just like hustle to the ground. Like it's blood, sweat and tears. It really is. is. And people don't like to put in that kind of effort. And I feel like that's why a lot of times it's like, you have to do something you're passionate about. Cause if you're not like, you're not going to work that hard because yeah. that's, it's hard work. It is. It, it really is. You have to be passionate. You have to care. You have to want it and you have to, um, be willing to like follow through and just like, just do the thing. Yeah. You know? Continue to just show up every day. Even if you don't like yeah. have anything yeah. new or anything that's furthering the you business. Ha- yeah. You have to have the drive, the passion. That's why like it took me like a while like I was like not but like you know I had people in my life that were like pushing me at the time that like go for it do it you can do it you can do it because I knew I was like oh this is gonna be a lot. Yeah no it is when you believe in something and you're passionate about it yeah and you know it's gonna like elevate your life in a certain way it's Mm -hmm. like you just have to keep going. Totally. What would you say to someone who really wants to get work done? there's something about them that they're like, Oh, I really want to get this done or whatever maybe feels judged or is hearing from people like you can't do that or you'll be fake. Or they think like, Oh, people are going to view me as fake. If I do this, just hearing you say, like, talk about your story with like, you thought about it for years. I think you should think about it. You know, like with my daughter and her stuff, like I made her think she's like years and years of her talking about it and thinking about it. So first of all, think about it. Um, second of all, once you decide that this is something that you want for yourself, you need to just ignore everybody around you, do your research, find somebody good to do the work, whether it's a plastic surgeon, injector, um, and then just go for it because they're not living your life. They're not looking in the mirror every day. I tell my patients too, I'm like, okay, like I'm not you, you know, your face better. You know what you like better. This is what I think. Like we can come back and look at it again if we need to. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, it's your life and who cares like what other people think. Yeah, because I feel like there's this weird misconception that, like, you are fake beautiful mm-hmm. if you get work done. What would you say to that? Mm-hmm. There's this weird misconception, I feel like, mm-hmm. in our generation that if you get something done, you're, like, fake now. Mm-hmm. And okay. how do you talk to clients, like, about that stuff, especially people my age, I feel like, who want to get this stuff done? I mean, you can see it. Celebrities don't want to talk about the fact that they got work done yeah. when it really shouldn't be a big deal. Yeah. It doesn't make you any less 
beautiful because you enhance no, something about not yourself. not at all. Yeah, I think it's so common. I mean, if you look at like all, it's just that now we all know yeah. the secret. Now we all have access to it. Like yeah. all of these celebrities have been getting Botox fillers and plastic surgery since like the 80s or whatever. And we just had no idea why they were so much prettier than the rest of us. No one was authentic about yeah. it. Yeah. And like, I used to think, I don't know if this is true, but I remember growing up thinking that supermodels like weren't allowed to have surgery. I don't know if it was really a law, but like I used to think that they weren't allowed. Yeah. <clears throat> but now we know clearly that like, that's not the case. That's not the case. So it's just, um, I think it's just hypocritical and like contradictory. And I mean, I've definitely struggled with like what I do. I've had moments where I'm like, what am I doing? Like I'm making people fake and like, yeah, this is such a fake thing. And then I think about it. I'm like, no, beauty is power. Yeah. Beauty is powerful. And if you have money and you're willing to spend it to either make yourself look younger at work or in your life or you're dating or whatever, it's power and you are choosing that. And for me, it's actually, I realized like I sat down and I thought about like four areas where I want to spend money on or whatever. And like beauty and self-care is something I will spend money on regardless yeah. of whether I work in this industry or not. It is important to me. It sounds like a bad thing. It's kind of a sad reality, but like a, a lot of our confidence, at least as women, I think men too, mm -hmm. is the way you look. Totally. Um, if, if you're taking care of yourself, if you're working out, yeah. if you're taking care of your skin, if you're taking care of just your overall well-being, mm -hmm. it's very obvious on the outside if you're doing those things. Mm -hmm. And I think when you are taking care of yourself, whether you're dedicating time to your skincare routine, you're putting money into your products or you're going to get Botox mm -hmm. or whatever it is, like mm -hmm. you're going to be more confident mm -hmm. and therefore you're going to come off more confident in your everyday life. Totally. You know, I've had people tell me like they feel comfortable speaking in public now or dating or just like so many things It's helped them with their careers. Like people get promotions like men, you know, if they look yeah. kind of younger and fresher, then, you know, their company like will promote them because, oh, you don't look old and tired and raggedy. Yeah. And that's like a sad reality, but it is the world we live in. And yeah. I think you, I mean, as much as you want to fight it and as people want to be like, well, that's horrible or like, that's so mm -hmm. shallow. I mean maybe you can interpret it that, but that's kind of the world we live in. And if you want to do this and it's like, you can afford it, you have the resources to, it's something you care about and you've mm -hmm. thought about like, why, why wouldn't you? And why does that make you fake in any way when yes. everything we yeah. do? Why not have is, both? Yeah. Like, okay. So, and also where are you going to draw the line? So like what, you can't wear like nice shoes or high heels or high heels fake. Cause they're making you look taller. Yeah. Like where, where are you going to draw the line then? Yeah. Cause everybody does something to look better, feel better. Like what if you wear red? Cause red makes you look better. So yeah. like, are you supposed to just be, are we all supposed to be wearing black and like, I don't know. It's you just know? interesting. People pick yeah, her. I don't know. I mean, bring me that person. We can talk. I don't know. <laughs> but like, um, the other thing is like your skin is the largest organ in your body. So I feel like a lot of what I do, and that's why I'm into like a lot of the regenerative stuff too, is we are making your skin healthier. Hyaluronic acid is very hydrating. The Botox prevents you from creasing and basically making a dent, a permanent dent in your face. Mm -hmm. And that, that dent can be perceived as an, you're a worried person. You're an angry person that can affect you getting jobs mm -hmm. that can affect your life. That can affect your dating. That can affect your mate. Like sometimes as women age, you like kind of have this, like, meh, like this sad face, yeah. you know, like your boyfriend or husband could think you're always sad or mad at them, but you're not, it's just your face. I've had so many women be wow. like, people at work are asking me why I'm so worried or why I'm mad. I'm not mad. It's just my face. It's how their face ages. Wow. So it's crazy, right? So yeah. it's just, it's all of that is like perception. So it all comes into play. And then the other thing is it's your skin health. So if you're, you know, out in the sun or your skin is aging, these are all things that a lot of them, like the PRF, we spin your blood down and we can put it on topically. We can inject it. 
Um, we can do lasers, microneedling, all these things are rejuvenating your skin health, like stimulating collagen, making it tighter, making it brighter, healthier, wow. bringing blood to that area. Cause it's the last area to get blood, you know? That's um, insane. You know, so it's like we're actually making your largest organ healthier and with a lot of these treatments. Yeah. People don't like to look at it like that. <laughs> yeah, I do. I mean, because like, you know, I'm it's the same thing with me. It's like, am I fake? Am I real? And I'm like, well, I'm fakely real. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. And I yeah. think there's something really powerful, too, about being authentic about it all. Like, I yeah. feel like everyone's been like really actually reacting really well to me like sharing everything and it was from the beginning I just knew like even my mom was like are you gonna share all this stuff and it's like yeah why would I show up and be like I just magically look better like I've had yeah I have so many patients like that but you know because we if we want to break a stigma about something not being fake like why would you continue to be fake about it that's so true yeah and it's usually inspiring I feel like to other people where they're like oh my god I have the same thing and I wish I could do something about it so many of my patients are like I wish I could do something about that. I didn't know. I'm like, just tell me all your complaints because there's usually something that can be done. My TikTok followers, they are obsessed with the master Botox. I feel like people, that's like a hype right now. Okay. Because people know. are finding out about master You're Botox. You're keeping me cool. Okay. This is good to know. <laughs> well, because it's so, in, it's insane. Can you talk a little bit about it and like the benefits, but also like what it does? Because isn't yeah. it, I remember you saying that like, it's one of those Botox like treatments that actually like stays and can become a bit more permanent. Yes. So it's a different type of muscle. So there's like skeletal muscles or there's facial muscles. This is a skeletal muscle. So it's like your bicep or your calf. So when you treat those muscles with Botox, you, first of all, you need a higher dose. And usually once they atrophy, so once they shrink, they kind of just stay like that for a long time. So masseters are really great for people who have TMJ, who clench, grind, people crack their teeth all the time. And like, I don't know if you've heard of that, but some people clench yeah. really tight at night. Everyone's wearing mouth guards. Yeah. So it helps with that problem. It helps with joint issues like the TMJ joint. Um, so it's good for like medical purposes. Great for somebody with a fuller face like yourself. We have like a little bit rounder face, so mm-hmm. it helps to slim it down and it helps with all the other things I just mentioned. But the other thing is it could be what's holding your face up. So you could be reducing this over and over and then you're creating a jowl. So oh. now I have all these people coming in being like, oh, should I do this? But then this jowl thing and I'm like, oh my God, what is happening? I think it's all <laughs> the TikTok. So you're right. Honestly. Yeah. So if somebody has looser skin or they're older or they already have a jowl and then you decrease their masseter, they're going to, you're going to accentuate their jowl. So this masseter muscle is creating volume. It's almost like you have filler here. Oh, so you want to just like be careful, tread lightly, watch it. You can also make someone smile asymmetric if it's done incorrectly. And that can last for like several months. Oh, wow. To go to someone you trust. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It has like changed the game. Cause I remember something really cool about our experience is like, we didn't just jump right into filler. I remember when you saw me first, Mm -hmm. you're like, let's see how much we can do with Botox. And then we're going to go in with filler. Because mm. I felt like I saw serious results just from master Botox. I know. Like I remember people were asking me if I'd like lost weight. Yes. And I was like, no. Yeah. Because it was because one of my sides is significantly bigger than the other because I grind really hard on one side. Mm-hmm. And so just seeing the slimming like pre-filler mm-hmm. was insane. And that was like what people I think on TikTok were freaking out about of the before and afters. Because they oh. were like, what the heck is master Botox? Like, how did this happen? Oh, got it. Got it. Yeah. That makes sense. That's where like anatomy comes in and you can, you got to kind of know your stuff and like what you can tweak, what you can't tweak. Why, why not? Let's say you want to like change something about your facial structure. You want to tighten things up, but you can't afford 
um, to get filler or Botox mm-hmm. or it's not something that you see mm-hmm. like for yourself anytime soon. What mm-hmm. are some things people can do at home to like really work on things until that point or maybe just to help things along? So definitely, um, like we said, a good sunscreen, a good retinol, a good vitamin C. So like really good skincare. So if you're not going to do the other stuff, maybe you invest a little bit more in your skincare uh-huh. if you can afford it. Um, the other thing is the gua sha thing isn't a terrible idea. So if you can do the gua sha correctly and go into out, you're draining your lymphatics, which can make things look nicer, mm-hmm. um, and more lifted. The led light stuff is pretty legit nowadays. Like those masks that you can oh, wear. Oh, like the Dr. Dennis. Yeah. Like the mask yeah. thing with the light. Um, those are actually helpful for the skin and can tighten a little bit. So if they can't do Botox fillers. Don't make faces. <laughs> don't make faces. I have don't some patients who don't face. like move their face a lot because they don't. I'm like, I don't know how you live your life. I'm so animated. Mine's bad. I'll watch <laughs> videos of myself, like actually not like, like not for my channel, like just video someone got of me, like talking oh. with my friends. And I'm like, yeah. oh, I don't want to see. I hate that. I'm super animated. So my some laugh people, looks crazy. Yeah. Some people are very good at just keeping their face at rest. If you can somehow do that, that'd be great. Yeah. Oh, another really good tip is don't sleep on your face. Don't sleep on your sides. Sleep on your back. That's like the cheapest thing. If you can figure if you can just do that, get a nice, comfortable, good neck supportive pillow, um, that will save you a lot. Save your face pressing on your face all day. Like let's say you work at a desk and you're always like leaning on one side or your hand, like that will create like an indent over years after years of doing it. So just based on your personal journey, like going to school, didn't think you were going to go this route. And then you have your daughter and then you start this company and now you're doing this and like hustling and doing it successfully. Like, how do you see it? What would you tell someone who maybe is a single parent themselves wanting to elevate themselves? Mm -hmm. Like, how do you see all of it now that you're here? Oof. Hmm. I know it's a big question. I'd say the cool part about me is because I did have my daughter so young and I still seem young and I know a lot of people my age are having kids now. Um, I can kind of look back in retrospect and be like, what would I have done differently? I was really hard on myself and my daughter and I worked a lot and I didn't realize how flexible life can be. Pick the right boss, you know, is like one thing or, you know, maybe work extra to make up for it, but like try to be there for all those like important moments as much as you can. Don't be hard on yourself. Your kid needs like a happy parent, not Mm -hmm. like an overstressed parent. And you'll still get to the same place. It just may take a little bit longer. So like working really hard, grind it out, but like know your priority obviously your career, like just, if you work harder than any, everybody around you, like you'll make it It may not show right away, but you'll be happy later in life. I I really think like you just have to work really hard for a while. Yeah. You need to work hard where it counts and put in that energy at first, especially if you're trying to build something that you believe in. Yeah. Take care of your health too. It's a lot. Like you're trying to do all the things. Mm -hmm. So trying to be a parent, I mean, even if you're not a single parent, just being a parent is hard. And then, and trying to go to school and work and, better yourself. Like you don't have time for TV. I'm sorry. Like I didn't, you know, you don't have time for that kind of stuff. And a lot of social life, like dating, like I look back, I'm like, I didn't really date, you know, at the end of the day, like you'll figure it out. Everything will work itself out when it's the timing is right. And when it's meant to be and like business wise and financial, just like be smart about your money, listen to podcasts on money, read books on it. Thank you so much for coming on and let me pick your brain about your life and Botox and filler. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you so much. And thanks for like sticking with it and meeting me and making this happen. And of course you're such a young, strong woman and I'm excited to see what you have. That's so nice. What's going to happen with you. I'm like, now look at my face. Oh, I have it. I'm like, you're flawless. I'm like checking you out. So nice. (laughs) Yeah. You you look great. Thank you. Okay. 
Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed the episode and I hope you leave here feeling motivated and inspired. Do not forget to rate and review the pod on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And don't forget to follow How I See It Pod so you can keep up with podcast updates and see who's coming on next. And if you're not already, come join the fam and follow at How Hand Sees It. Thank you guys.